Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. So as we come to uh, this fifth Sunday of Easter and we continue our series, The Church Has Left the Building, we return today to one of the many visits that Jesus has and makes with his disciples following his resurrection. Now, it's interesting because in the Gospels, there are about 40 verses and about 850 words that are devoted to the resurrection of Jesus. In contrast, there are about 100 verses and 2,400 words that are devoted to the appearances of Jesus following his bodily resurrection. So there is about three times more scripture devoted to the appearances of Jesus than to his resurrection. I think the reason is because it is significant what happens and what takes place following the resurrection of Jesus. So the story we come to today is actually one of the most fascinating stories that we read of Jesus' appearances. It's found only in the Gospel of Luke. And I think more than any of the other stories of the appearances of Jesus, this particular one resonates with me, especially during this time of being in this pandemic. It's found in Luke's gospel. We begin reading in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 16. That same day, the day of the resurrection, two of Jesus' disciples were going to the village of Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. As they were talking and thinking about what had happened, Jesus came near and started walking along beside them, but they did not know who he was. Has anyone ever come up to you and asked you the question, do you remember me? Even more unnerving, has anyone ever asked you or, or said to you, you don't recognize me, do you? I mean, that particular question always puts me in an ethical quandary of sorts. I never quite know what to do with it. I mean, if, if my answer is, yes, of course I remember you, I've just backed myself into a corner. I either need to come up with their name or I need to actually have some type of relational context for where I remember them. But if my response is, no, I don't, I run the risk of offending them, hurting their feelings. So I never quite know how to answer the question when somebody says, do you remember me? Well, on this particular day, These two guys are walking, following the crucifixion of Christ on the Jewish Passover. Jesus appears to them, but the Bible says they don't even recognize who he is. Now, what's remarkable is we don't know much about these two guys, but what we do know is significant. We do know that these two guys are called disciples of Jesus, which means that they had walked with him. What we do know from the story is they were not strangers to who Jesus was. They were not outsiders. They were insiders. They did not just know about the story of Jesus. They actually knew the protagonist. They knew the main character of the story. They knew Jesus himself. And yet Luke's gospel never actually emphasizes much more about them. It only names even one of them. That particular detail was not significant to Luke. What was significant to him 
is what we learn and we read about in this very first narrative. And that is that these two guys were disciples of Jesus. We also know that they did not recognize him, though Jesus was standing and walking with them. I wonder, friends, during this pandemic, I wonder how often God has been near us and we've not even recognized God's nearness. You see, God is close to us. God is walking with us, even at times when we don't recognize it. You know, I don't think we're a lot unlike these two disciples. I think many of us, in fact, are very much like them. We actually know a lot about Jesus. We know enough about him to say we know him. But I wonder if we can actually recognize when he shows up. In my journey, I've learned that God often surprises me when he shows up. In fact, there are two things I've learned about the appearance of Jesus in my own life. First, I learned that God often shows up when I least expect him to. God often shows up in ways I least expect. God often shows up at times I least expect. Let me illustrate this with a story from the book of 1 Kings. In 1 Kings, we read about Elijah the prophet, and here's what it says. God came to Elijah and said to Elijah, at a time when he was really discouraged, he, he was really down. I mean, he thought the whole world had turned against him. In fact, he did not really see even much purpose in continuing to live. And God shows up to him, and here's what God says. Go out, Elijah, and stand before me on the mountain. And as he stood there, the Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Truth be told, I think God often shows up to us much like he did Elijah. In other words, I don't think God often comes in the spectacular or in the sensational. No, I, I think God often comes in the ordinary and in the mundane. God was not in the wind. God was not in the earthquake. God was not in the fire. But when it says God did show up, how did he do it? God showed up in the sound of a gentle, quiet, whisper. Now, have you ever been with somebody and heard them whisper? If somebody's whispering and you're in their presence, often you have to do one thing to hear it. You have to lean in. You have to lean forward. You have to get your ear closer to their mouth if you're going to be able to actually experience what they're saying to you. And I think that's the point of the narrative. I don't think God was as concerned about what he was going to say to Elijah as he was that he was close to Elijah. That there was an intimacy in his relationship with Elijah. God cared much more about being near Elijah than he did in what Elijah was going to hear. Now, the Hebrew rendering of that phrase in the Hebrew, a gentle whisper, could actually be translated thin silence, or utter quiet. 
thin silence, or utter quiet. It's often not until the chaos all around us begins to quiet down that we can actually begin to hear God speaking. You know, so often we want God to shout to us. We want God to shout his will to us. We we want God to shout to this pandemic and to how our life has been interrupted and disrupted. But the truth is God often doesn't shout. God most often whispers if we will lean in close enough to hear him whisper. I love the words of the philosopher and the late author, C.S. Lewis, who actually wrote these words. They're timeless words, in my opinion. He said, God whispers to us in our pleasures. God speaks to us in our conscience. But he shouts to us in our pain. Pain is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. We are most keenly aware of God's character in our suffering. It is when our self-sufficiency is peeled away that we see how weak we really are. I really believe, friends, one of the things God is doing in this pandemic and in this time of isolation is God is peeling back the layers of our self-sufficiency. God is trying to get us utterly and completely dependent on a resource outside ourselves. And the only way that God can do that is to cause all of the chaos around us to bring silence into our lives. And yet God is speaking. God is close. Let me ask you, are you leaning in today? Are you leaning in close enough to hear from God, to hear his whisper to you today? As we return to the narrative, I think there's a second thing I'd like you to see about these two men, these two disciples who are on this road to Emmaus. It's found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 17. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written all over their face. I think God often speaks to us in our emotions. It's very interesting that these two disciples were filled with so much sadness that the Bible actually makes a point to say it was written all over their face. You know, our emotion has a way of doing that, doesn't it? I think our emotion speaks through us long before we even maybe know that the emotion is speaking through us. And I think God is speaking to us in our emotions often long before we even realize that God is speaking to us. As I have integrated my spiritual life with my emotional life, as I've recognized that spiritual maturity and emotional maturity are inseparable, I've learned that God speaks to me through the variety of emotions I experience. God speaks to me through my sadness and sorrow so often. God speaks to me through my fear and my anger. Oh yeah, he's talking to me. God speaks to me through my joy and my gladness. And you know what? They're written on my face even at times. I don't even realize that God is speaking. But our emotions speak to us. It is often God's way of getting our attention. There's a great story that I love so much that's found in the book of 1 Samuel. It's actually about a man named Samuel, but 
where the Bible picks it up in 1 Samuel is when he was just a boy. His mom, Hannah, struggled to become a mom. She was barren for many years. And in her late latter part of life, in her older age, she prayed and God gave her a son. And she was so grateful, she took that son, Samuel, and she offered him, she dedicated him to the work and the service of God. And as a young boy in the ministry of God, working under the tutelage of the priest by the name of Eli, one night Samuel lays in his bed, and here's what happens. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. The Lord called to Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lay down. So he went. And he lay down. That doesn't happen just once. It doesn't happen just twice. It actually happens three times. And the third time, here's what it says in 1 Samuel. It says that Eli said, the next time that you hear your name called, say, here I am, Lord. But the reason that he couldn't hear the Lord is given to us in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 7. The Lord had not yet spoken to Samuel. And Samuel did not recognize God's voice. Friends, I think listening to God and listening for God is a learned behavior. I don't think it's something that comes naturally, but I do think it's something that comes supernaturally. And I think God is often calling to us, but the question today is, are we listening? Are we like Samuel Distracted? Are we like Samuel who doesn't recognize God's voice? Or are we tuned in and dialed in to God? That when God is speaking to us, when God is calling to us, even through the interior of our life, that we're able to say, Lord, I, I get it. You're speaking. You want to get my attention. Here I am. Speak. And here's the thing I've been pondering throughout this week as I've been preparing for this, today's message. It's a question I pose to you today. Can I be trusted with God's presence? Can I be trusted with God's voice? Can you be trusted? You know, God had to trust Samuel. And Samuel had to learn how to listen to God and listen for God. And God then entrusted his presence to Samuel when he learned to listen for the voice of God. There's one final thing I want to note today. It's actually found in Luke's Gospel Chapter 24, verses 31 and 32. The Bible says their eyes were finally opened. They recognized him. That's what we all need. We need our eyes to be opened. He vanished from their sight, and they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the Scriptures? Listen, when God comes near and when God speaks, our hearts will burn. I wonder today what your spiritual temperature is during this pandemic. I want you to think about that this this morning. I think we all are at one of three places in our spiritual temperature today. We have either become ice cold spiritually We've either become lukewarm or perhaps we are burning white hot for God, maybe more than we ever have before. 
because we are getting dialed into God. We are leaning into his presence, and we are listening closely, more closely than we ever have. We become attuned to his voice. And I believe more than anything else, God wants all of us to have during this pandemic, God wants all of us to have spiritual heartburn. Now, I've had some physical heartburn from the way I've been eating, but God wants all of us to have spiritual heartburn. It's actually this story and this verse that informed our vision here at Grace Crossing Church. We see an emotionally healthy church filled with fully surrendered Christ followers whose hearts are set ablaze to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Friends, more than anything else, I think God is using this time to get our hearts burning white hot for his vision for our lives, for his vision for Grace Crossing Church. And so let me ask you the question today, what is your spiritual temperature? Is your heart hot for God? Because when God speaks to us, when God comes near, when God whispers, when we lean in, when we listen for him, our hearts, just like these two disciples, will burn within us as we hear God speak. So this day I I pray that you will hold your life before God as an open book, that you'll not only read the Scripture today, but you will allow the Scripture to read you today. It's one thing to read the Bible, but it's another thing to let the Bible read us. So let me encourage you, let the Bible read you today. Let the Bible take your spiritual temperature. Let this story speak into your heart. And I pray that you will enjoy God's presence, God's peace, and God's love in a special way throughout the rest of this week. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.